Hey you heroes! Welcome to Marvel Champions Monthly, a fan cast about the card game Marvel Champions by Fantasy Flight Games. Thanks for joining us as we complete heroic deeds and thaw the villain's evil schemes. Hey everybody, welcome to the MCM podcast, that is the Marvel Champions and More podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kennedy Hawk. Welcome to Volume 5 of Marvel Champions Monthly. Karim, can you believe we've done this for four straight years now? Has it really been that long? Is that insane or what? That's like over 10% of my life. That's terrifying. <laughs> and how many um, hosts have we had? I mean, we're not going to count. More than four. <laughs> yeah. Um, we keep running them out, but Krim and I are still here to kick off Volume 4. We're going to be kicking off our three-part episode that we do for each box. So this is going to be the hero episode episode for next evolution. So we've got Krim. He's obviously Yo-yo. doing well. Spicy tonight. And we've got another guest. I don't want to say it's a replacement for Americano, because then I have to like go into a corner and cry. Yeah, there's but- no replacement. It's like filling the void in my soul. We have Hone with us. How's it going, Hone? Pretty good. Yeah, big shoes to fill if that's what you're trying to do, but can't. You just you just made the call. Oh, you, you just made the call. You know, it's like that. Zero yeah, class. I just made the call. A new ally in. Just get in front of the villain for me, and you'll do your job. We're, we're gonna make you the pool aspect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. Yes. You can be pink. <laughs> Does that mean I only, I only get like one release pack then? Right. And then you, like, put me aside. I mean, <laughs> until they do Lady Deadpool, obviously. Gwenpool? Come on, you know Head, you know Headpool's Gwenpool. gonna get its own, own character eventually, right? Right? Or Dreadpool? Isn't that the one that, like, goes and kills? This isn't a Deadpool episode. No, no, no. This is a Cable and Domino episode instead. We're finally into X-Force, so let's start talking about some X-Force characters. I wish it so, was a Deadpool episode. I w- we'll go get there soon. <laughs> So every um, every box, we always spend one episode talking about the two new heroes and their aspect cards, what their hooks are, what pre-cons they came with, and we each pick out a couple of our favorite cards and talk about some of the tricks we learned playing them. So I think Crimson has volunteered graciously to give us an overview of Domino first. So we'll let you take it away. Yeah, so uh, my obligatory, you know, amount of play was you know with the pre-cons um i I like playing the pre-cons because i like to see what ffgx you know is saying like here here's how we want you to play her now obviously upgrades are great and everything but here's the base and her her pre-con is actually pretty good i actually was very impressed with her pre-con especially with it being justice which i think is a very good aspect pairing for her because she has very little thwart. This allows her to be able to take care of the, the main scheme and side schemes, even while having one thwart. So her, her alter ego side is pretty average. It's the six, nine, three recovery. Her ability is you can choose a card in your hand and swap it with the top card of your discard pile limit once per round. So if you're in Alter Ego, what that means is you could use something like, you know, a genius, play a card, as long as it's not an event card that's going to go to the graveyard. Uh, I'd have done that and then realized what I was doing. <laughs> then your next action, you can get that genius right back. You know what um, they call that? They call it a genius move. It, it, it was pretty genius. And then her... Um, Hero side, she's a two or a one, two, three. I actually like the stat line for her. I normally definitely prefer the two, two, two stat line, but because I play Justice, I'm generally okay with heroes having one thwart because I'm gonna make up for that weakness with my aspect. Um, I definitely prefer the one, three, two a lot more, um, but she, she's great. The stat line's really good. Um, she has an action that lets you choose a card in your hand and swap it with the top card of your deck. Uh, you can do that once per turn. And then when counting resources on cards discarded from the top of your deck, you will count 
any printed wild icons twice. Only the wild icon. So what this allows you to do is kind of go, okay, I have this card that I'm not going to use in my hand, and it's got a wild icon. I'm going to swap it with the top card of my deck, put that on top of my, on, on top of my deck, and then she's got lots of cards that say discard the top card of your deck for each icon on that card, do X. Well, with her ability, if it, because you stacked the deck, because you cheated, which is, you know, kind of her stick, she lets you cheat and manipulate the deck, now the wild icon is going to count for two. So it's, you're getting some extra resources out of nowhere. Um, so to go into her kind of, that kind of stick here is, uh, let me find the card here. Uh, Domino's Pistols. It's a restricted uh, um, upgrade, cost two. Hero action, attack, exhaust, Domino's Pistol, choose an enemy and discard the top part of your deck. Deal one damage to that enemy for each resource icon discarded this way. This attack gains ranged. So, if you have a wild card in your hand that you're not going to use, swap it for the top part of your deck, tap the pistols down, now you're getting two damage out of it instead of one, because she's going to count twice on, on that wild um, icon. Um, and she's got a lot of cards like that. Um, probability field. It's a two-cost upgrade. Interrupt. When you use a basic power, discard the top card of your deck. You get plus one to that power for each resource icon discarded this way, which can essentially make her a three, four, five in a lot of ways. Um, I, I think probability field is probably her best card. Um, it is extremely strong. But there are lots of great cards in her in her kit. Uh, luck by Luck Be a Lady. Um, a very interesting card, and you can really stack the deck how you want. Um, it is a one-cost event. Discard the top card of your deck and count the resources on it. For each resource counted this way, if it's a energy, you heal two damage. If it's a mental, you remove two threat. If it's physical, you deal three damage. If it's a wild, choose one of the above. So, you know, she has a resource called, card called Jackpot, which has one of each icon other than wild. So it's got a energy, mental, physical. And then it also says that if this card is discarded from the top of your deck, shuffle it back into your deck. So, cheat. Put it on top of your deck. Take a card off the top of your deck. Then flip this over for one of those. That's three icons right there. And then it goes to your hand. Or it goes. It, go, it gets shuffled back in the deck. Now she's only got one jackpot. I wish she came with two. That would have been really nice. That would have been wild. Yeah. would have been really nice. But so that's kind of her, her stick. She's going to obviously have her thwarty card and her attack card that does additional stuff when you flip cards over. But for the most part, what you really start seeing some of her best stuff is with that uh, probability field and her pistols. Her, her upgrades are really strong. Um, and you really notice it when playing her, how important those upgrades are. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of her her stick, and then she also has, you know, an ally stick with the, the posse. Um, they're okay. Honestly, the only one of the posse that I really enjoyed, you know, playing was Outlaw. I I, I think the other ones were okay at best, but Outlaw's amazing. You, you didn't like uh, White Fox being able to pitch her off the top of your deck and just getting a free three cost ally into play. I mean, she White Fox isn't bad, but she's she's a basic aspect card, um, and she's really only ever gonna use that ability in a domino deck, really. So, in reality, she's just a three one one three, nothing special. Now in domino, she does have some more tricks, 
but you know she's not a in the domino kit she's a a basic ally so she could be another dex too which i think does take a, a little bit away from her but i'm not saying she's not a bad card definitely not saying she's a bad card she, she's a good card especially in domino but outlaw felt felt like one one of the better allies that i always wanted to make sure that i got out when i was playing her Yeah, that's fair. I think that uh, I really like Domino as a hero. Uh, I won't reveal which of these two is my favorite hero yet, but it'll be a wild choice later. Um, what I've noticed about Tony's designs, because Tony designed this box, is it seems like the heroes in this box have lots of like one of upgrades that upgrade their kit. I mean, there are two pistols, but like you mentioned, there's like a ton of upgrades that you want to have. Upgrades and supports, right? Pip the Pup, yeah. the Painted Lady, the two pistols, Lucky and Good, Lucky Break, probability, yeah. like definitely probability field you want. But like there's so many cards you want um, that it makes like doing that first cycle through your deck really important. And it really lends itself to like a build style. But what I like with Domino is you can kind of pick like Based on the deck you're doing, what two upgrades are the most important for me? And then you fish for those ones, um, and she can be really fun. So I tried her in a couple aspects. I tried her in her pre-con, obviously, with Justice. I tried building an aggression deck that was completely based around always knowing what was on top of your deck with Hulk ally. Um, but because the wild makes you discard him at the end, that didn't work out so well for me. But once I figured out I should be putting physicals on top of my deck, it worked a little better. Um, and then I, I saw, I think it was a deck by, oh, I can't even remember who now. I'll put the Marvel CDB link in the show notes. But somebody had a deck that was using the Adam Warlock ally, because you discard a random card from your hand. And for each different resource type on it, you get to trigger a thing. And the wild is pick whatever you want. But Jackpot, since it has all three resource types, you get to remove three threat, heal three damage, and deal three damage to an enemy. And then you can flip down and put it back into your hand again for the next turn. So every turn, Adam Warlock can just trigger all three things. And that was probably my favorite deck that I played with her. Um, but all around good hero. I didn't realize how powerful some of her upgrades like Pip the Pup were. Right? I think that's, to me, that's like the standout card that you need to make yourself a flipper. You put a Domino or Posse card from your discard pile on top of your deck. So every turn you can set your deck and then you can flip up and swap a card from your hand with the top of your deck. So you're like just picking whatever the perfect card is for your hand every time. Yeah. Also to note two signature allies. Is this, I think this is the first time we've seen that. I, I, just, I think it is. It's pretty cool. What do you think, Hone? Yeah, I, I, I ended up playing her in aggression, kind of doing like a no quarter kind of deck there. Uh, mm. Just because um just trying to f do stuff that milled the deck more. Um, uh, I, I think like between White Fox and um, some other basic cards like Digging Deep. Digging Deep was super fun. I think it's like one of my favorite kind of card things of just being able to mill and get a resource back in your hand, which you could then also put on top of the deck. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. And then uh, one of the other things that's interesting about Jackpot too is that response is a well, it's a response, so it's optional. So you can use it to like put into your discard to then if you know you're going to flip down you can then like get it back into your hand not have to like try to find it again um mm -hmm. uh or or like use pip the pup as well uh for some of that some shenanigans um but yeah especially when you get down to like i, I feel like a really small deck like and you have jackpot in there you can get like i think i've had it pop like three times in one turn which felt like really good you know I found in my plays with her, I actually used her events very little, and I more uh, used aspect events around her, which is the opposite of how a lot of heroes work. A lot of heroes, you really want to like spam their hero events because they're so good, and her events are really good, right? It can be a two for six quite frequently on the attack, and a two for five thwart. But I always found myself using the uh, the events to either put on top of my deck or as a wild resource, and I was really playing the aspect cards and the upgrades. Um, probability field, I know you mentioned it, Kim. I can't remember if you read what it said, but it's an interrupt when you use a basic power, discard the top card of your deck. Yep. You get plus one to that power for this use for each resource icon uh, discarded this way. 
And it does not like exhaust this to do that. So you can do that every time you activate. Um, and often that gives Domino like a five defense as soon as this card is down. And five defense is like Spider-Man levels of crazy. So that was yeah. cool. I if I could say if I could change one thing on one card, it would be the painted lady, and I would remove that maximum of three. <laughs> Cause I really I was so excited. I, I had like this this whole build that I was gonna do. And then I realized that it says a maximum of three. And I was so upset. Because <laughs> what I wanted to do was put half the half the deck under the painted lady. So that way I had a small deck mm. constantly. And then could really control the outcome of what was going on consistently. Um, and do, do like you said with the jackpot, keep getting it back over and over. But unfortunately, like, you can't. Because they, they like to put limits on their cards now. Yeah, you have to choose to not shuffle it in and flip. So Painted Lady says, after you discard a card from the top of your deck, attach that card face down here to a maximum of three. Exhaust Painted Lady to add one card attached to your, to your hand. Um, yeah. Well, I, I wasn't even going to use it for the exhaust part. I just wanted to get just cards to out of my deck. Cards yeah, I just play get... against Kang, and he steals <laughs> the random eight cards in the top of your deck. You yeah, don't need yeah, to know what just... was in there. Just just get rid of the cards that I don't want to see again, and then just have like a 10-card deck that I cycle through every turn. <laughs> when you're building Domino, or when you build Domino, do you think you're going to have to include a ton of wild resources beyond her kit? Or do you think her kit provides enough wilds to trigger her ability? Because I, I think I, every card except Jackpot is a wild, right? I think it does, although I, I would obviously still want to include those Digging Deeps. Yep, and I know I've been a fan of this card, and I know not a lot of other people are. It I can't remember the name of the card off the top of my head. It, Gross. Yes, thank you. Um, Gross, it, because that allows me to bank resources pretty much. You know, I, I play them. I play it onto the field. I don't have to use it. You know, it's I, I'm putting it on the field on a turn when when I'm doing setups anyways, and then I can pop them. They go to the discard pile. Then I could put it back in my hand, play it back out. Uh, like there's so many different things that you can do with resourceful in her kit. That I'm sorry, but I I would add the three resourcefuls. This you might, knew what card I was talking about too. This Damn. might be the one deck to get me to play that. I I will say <laughs> that I tried it. Um, but I do agree with what you said about White Fox and Posse. I do feel like there's a lot of cards in Dominoes pre-con that feel like they're designed specifically to only work with her and there's like niche cases where they might work with other characters but for the most part these are like i feel like white fox the posse and maybe even digging deep there are some other things that discard cards off your deck that like that might be a cool tech answer for but i feel like those cards are really made as like an extension of domino's hero kit which to me, I always think that's kind of a bummer. I hate it when there's like, oh, there's these five cards that make this hero so much better that like really they have a 20-card hero kit and I only get to pick 20 other cards to add. Um, I would really like to see them have another hero. Are there more gambling, more luck-based heroes out there? There's got to be, right? Like, I, I, I would like to see another hero that you, uses the discard mechanic from the, from the top from the of the deck. deck. Yeah. I think that uh, it could use it could work with like Hulk Ally. Do you know of any hone that like do something with top of deck? Um, are there reliable ways to trigger digging deep? I don't think there. I mean, just like the. I mean, there's one in each aspect, right? Like there's no quarter in aggression. There's the uh, deflect, I think, in protection, right? Um, yep. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Is there one in leadership? I'm sure there's not leadership needs. Uh, I I think like there you could potentially do a thing with digging deep if you're doing like the mystic like stuff that came with uh, Adam Warlock, right? Because uh, those are discard off the top of your deck, right? Like to do summoning spell. Oh yeah, and for each different yeah. Resource type, oh oh, leadership is call for aid, right? Like that's that's the one thing where you can mill for an Avenger. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so I I think there's like that stuff. Uh, but it's you know. It's still like that's a one of in your deck, right? Like it's 
I, I guess if you're doing Adam Warlock, you can't include all four of them. So, but you only get like one copy of Digging Deep, so that feels bad. Um, but I actually now really want to make a meme deck with Call for Aid, where I don't actually have any Avengers in my deck. And you just do it to get out White Fox. I just play it to mill my entire deck and get three copies of Digging Deep put into my hand. And and, and you like, get White Fox. And what? Yeah, you get a free White Fox, and you get like three resources for for an encounter card, for one card for. And then you get a shuffle. So you get you an, do it all. You get an encounter card for that. Yeah, you just have to know where the three cards are, right? If you if you mulliganed into one, then you're only getting two, so maybe it's not worth it. I mean, it's pretty good if you have uh, Pip the Pup in your opening hand, because then you could like you can like maybe potentially mill into Jackpot or something. I'm gonna go build this deck. Too. Well, I guess, I guess like once you deck your deck shuffles though, right? So that that kind of sucks. I feel like you need like one one Avenger ally to like stop it somewhere. I mean, do you care if your deck shuffles though? Well, I mean, then you can't like pip the pup or whatever to get the jackpot back in your hand. Oh, that's true. That's true. So you can't do any of those uh, cheeky shenanigans. Um, yeah, I, I, like jackpot or uh, domino is super fun. I, I think just like anything in a card game for me that does like any kind of like card hand deck discard manipulation or just like a lot of fun to just build around and you know uh like it, it's a very like kind of brain puzzly i think hero um uh where i i feel like it took me definitely a little while to like figure out you know how to actually like optimize each turn properly um yeah there's a lot going on in your turn <laughs> um and yeah, I almost always regretted putting stuff under the painted lady uh, when I wasn't trying to like mill it for my deck. I was just like, oh, I discarded that weapon. I'll put it on there and then flip to Alter Ego and eventually play it. And then that never happened, especially in True Solo. Yeah, yeah. I tend to flip a lot even in True Solo, but I was running a lot of confusion too. So Sonic Rifles were my friend. Um. Uh, I think out of all the events, you mentioned you don't play a lot of them. I think every time Luck Be a Lady came up, I played it almost every time somehow. Um, just being able to get like just the diversity on that card for a one cost, especially if you're running like a death focus or something because she has so many superpowers. Uh, yeah, yeah, that seems fair. Plus, it has spicy olives on it. Sure, sure, that's what those are. <laughs> They're spicy elbows. All right. Well, before we go on to cable, any of the justice cards that we want to talk about? We talked about a couple of the basic cards. There's two posse characters. There's a posse team up card that heals each posse character and readies them. Um, Sharpshooter was one of my favorite cards in this precon. Max one per player when you make a ranged attack, discard the top card of your deck. I actually like that one a lot. One additional damage. That's a Hawkeye card right there. That's where that belongs. Do, do you I... um, do you feel like it's a very domino specific ish cards? I was trying to think if there was a way to give to put this in like Nova or who also liked Law Wilds and um to give him like range attacks. No, I mean, I mean he'd have to have ranged attacks, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, so that's going to be like your War Machine, your um. Rocket Raccoons might be a chance to go back to Rocket Raccoon and try him with it. Um, I don't know. I, I I think it's a decent card if you have a character that has, you know, an armory with them. That's fair. It's, That's fair. it's the range attack that, that makes it um, more situational. But there's lots of heroes out there that do tons of range attacks. Hell, I think even Cyclops' uh, Optical Blast is a range attack. If he has a visor, it gains piercing and ranged, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, War Machine has it. Hawkeye has it for every arrow, arrow <laughs> attack, right? So it seems useful there. Gambit's uh, charged card can get ranged. And right? Can you use it if the ally attacks and has ranged? I, Are there allies? I believe there? it says nope, you, it's... so I think that means you. Yeah, yeah, so it's not an ally; hero. it's an upgrade yeah. or you. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, because otherwise you could you could do some interesting stuff there, but yeah, no, you can't. Um, on the justice cards in there, they kind of suck. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna lie; like I was not impressed with 
Really? Most most of the justice cards in here, like. I mean, I love Overwatch, but it's a reprint. But yeah, I like it's the a, art. it's a reprint. Um, I did not like Team Investigation as much as I thought I would. I, um, I feel like it's a multiplayer card, right? Like. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess we can go into it player. a bit when we talk about Cable and all the player side schemes and stuff, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the... the K at best, the, the, the four per person kind of hurts it. Um, and yeah, it defeats a non-elite minion, but like, let's be honest, most non-elite minions are like two or three health anyways. They're, they're low. I don't um, mind take out the guards because it's unique and it costs zero. And if someone's not playing cable, then the player side scheme limit doesn't matter. So you can just yeah. like power up Jessica Jones. You can set up a skilled investigator later. And I mean, if you can turn four thwarting into defeating a minion, especially early in some scenarios when there's not a lot of threat yet, it gives like the justice player something to like, not just something to do, but something that like really helps the team out. Yeah. Um, and but the victory the, means it's like one use, right? So yeah, and I would say the advantage is it does cost zero, which is helpful. Um, even the odds would, is okay, but I don't like the lightning requirement for this card. I, I don't understand why it has a lightning requirement on it. It's also a reprint. Right. That's that's another reprint. Yeah, yeah. I just but cannonball art. Come on, team. Yeah, and the two allies, they're okay. Um, I mean, Wolfsbane's actually pretty good. I don't know. They're they're, they're okay. The problem is, are they going to take up some of my other ally slots for my staple allies that I use? Probably not. I put uh, Wolfsbane into a flipping Star-Lord deck because he gets to swap a card from his hand with the top of his deck. So you could, like, always trigger her ability. That was pretty fun. Yeah, I'll also get in any kind of shield shield kind of build, right? With a global. Yep. Um, I, I think that's where like wolves in space. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I I think some of this stuff is interesting because like once you like, I think one of the interesting domino builds is like any of the shield stuff because you get to manipulate the deck so you can actually like stack you know like uh many cards deep for all your activations as well with global. Yep. Yeah, if, if I were to actually make her, like, you know, I would go shield with her 100%. Should do it for next week. Well, let's let's pivot to the better aspect and start talking about some blue cards. Do you want to give us an overview of Cable? Because I think when we did our stream, you played Cable. Right? I, I did, but I did not play it in blue because I felt like that was a Kenny Hawk Maybe. thing. Yeah, that's true. Um, Get off my color. Yeah. Uh, so Cable or Nathan Summer, some alter ego has four recovery. Uh, is mutant X or mutant soldier traded? Uh, so got another soldier. I think uh, we only have a few soldiers, right? Like Cap and War Machine. Is that War Machine? I think. Yeah, I think those are the only are those the only two for heroes. Um. Uh, he has a. New, you know, card type that we kind of mentioned, player side schemes. Um, and so uh, as part of kind of your deck building, you can include any player side schemes from any aspect. Um, I thought this was neat because, uh, you know, Scott Summers also has a similar thing with like allies, right? Um, and so you get to kind of put the rainbow of player side schemes in here, um, which obviously is beneficial as more get added to the game. Um, and as a setup, uh, Soldier X says you can search your deck and discard pile for a player side scheme and put it into play. Um, so you don't even have to pay for it. So you, you can you get to guarantee a player side scheme uh, kind of automatically in play, like on the opening rip, which is really nice. Uh, and, and there's one that's better than the rest. <laughs> uh, and then on the on the flip side, from hero side, he has that amazing two-two-two stat line, uh, which just makes him really well balanced. And uh, Cable loves just side teams in general because, uh, as a response, a limit once per phase. Cable, when he defeats a side scheme, you get to ready him. Um, so, especially in like true solo, you can use him to 
definitely like clear out uh, multiple side teams in a single turn, which feels great. Um, so yeah, so most of his kit definitely like revolves around player side schemes. He has uh, a you know like his own player side scheme uh, that's part of his signature set, Technovirus Purge, uh, which costs zero, um, and then. It has five initial threat. It doesn't scale by player, but Cable's the only one who can remove threat from it. And once you clear it, he gets both the psionic traits, and then he gets plus one to his thwart, tech, and defense, which makes him a 3-3-3 three, three, three hero, uh, which is pr- pretty fun. fantastic. Uh, and uh, yeah, so then almost all his events, I believe, are psionic as well. So... Uh, if you want to leave any of the team building exercise kind of psionic stuff, uh, you definitely have to clear that side scheme. He has um, a really fantastic kind of resource generator in Gray Malkin, um, which is a two cost support that, uh, as resource, you'd exhaust it to generate um, an energy resource. And after a side scheme is defeated as a response, you can then ready Gray Malkin. So this is kind of like the fractal resistance, I guess, for Cable. Um, yep. Which is, you know, it, if if you're clearing a bunch of side scheme, feels pretty pretty great. Um, and every every or most of his events actually like scale based off of uh, the amount of side teams in the victory display. Um, and what's interesting is that there isn't a limit to like how much you can boost it by. So if you have like five six seven you know side teams in there you can boost like telekinetic blast the three cost attack card which by default three for six is you know a little over costed but then when you get to boost it for one for every uh side scheme in the display like by the end of the game this is doing three for like you know like 10 12 easy right um and same with mind scan like i feel like mind scan just kind of helps uh, which is thwarting one, so it's two for three, and then boosts one for every side scheme. So, like, once you kind of get the side scheme train going, you can like clear side schemes with just mind scan, like, um, yeah, really easily, which uh, feels fantastic, right? And the player side schemes are all unique, um, but when they're in the victory display, uniqueness is not considered, so you can even have like the same player sides in multiplayer all four players could bring the same player side scheme and really stack the victory display eventually which is pretty crazy yeah um and he does not get a signature ally yes he does not you know they they put two in the box so there wasn't room for a second one yeah domino stole it yep (laughs) probability what is her power? It's like a psionic aura that alters probabilities. So she rolled the dice well. Nice. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, like I feel like what's interesting to talk about is uh, kind of. So you're mentioning there's one that was better than the others. Uh, I assume you have a favorite player side team, Crimson. Yeah, the the tech uh, the techno virus purge is just. I mean, that's that's the one I. I went for it each time. That thing's insane. It's it? in solo. That's what I do. Really? Yeah. Uh, I never played that in my opening. It, it has no downside. Like it, it doesn't like put an acceleration token. Nothing. So, like, yeah, like, and to be <coughs> to be able to make him a three 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 and then give him the psionic trait, huge. Oh, it's it's definitely really amazing. Uh, I mean. Uh, it leans itself into like doing go all out builds, you know, and leadership for Cable because he has like and nine usually there's, sets. there's not a lot of allies on turn one or two, so this gives you the time to you know hit it a couple times at, at the you know with your two thwart gives gives you something to do other than just attack the villain. Um, yeah, I, I just I, that was the one that I went for every time. Yeah, in solo, I try to do that, and I try to mulligan for a mind scan so that I can use mind scan plus my basic activation and to just it. knock yeah. it out. Um, but in multiplayer, my favorite one is it's a basic one build support. Yep. Each player searches their deck and discard pile for a support with the cost of three or less. Or I think Domino has one that does upgrades, right? 
Yeah, superpower uh, training. Superpower training. But that's identity Those specific. I think that's the restriction on superpower training. I'm okay with that. I'll grab my quiver every time if someone else plays plays that card for me. Uh, yeah, actually, even true solo for me, I end up always grabbing build support because I felt like Gray Malkin uh, is such a like speed up card in cable for me, like being able to get that resource card uh, resource. Fair. And so, I mean, the three 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 stat line, of course, is amazing, but uh, I felt like Gray Malkin in, in the decks that I was playing, like just having that extra resource, kind of. Just help me play more cards, I think, just consistently. And then if you're clearing, you know, a side scheme at the same time, like that, that's maybe like one, two, you know, resources extra each turn. Yeah, I, I can see that definitely. Um, but uh, yeah, I end up uh, playing this. I think my favorite aspect for cable was uh, justice. I mean, I, I mean, just side schemes in general and, and, be able to get up to like four base thwart, you know, with uh heroic intuition yeah. and technovirus purge, uh, just makes you a side scheme plowing machine. And then obviously, like, one, mm-hmm. one way or another doesn't feel bad when clearing a side scheme also readies you and you draw three cards, you know, like, uh, and, and, and Gray Malkin readies, <laughs> you know, like, it feels real good, yeah. Uh, and you get clear, clear the area for some more card draw, yep. Um, yeah, the, I could. Yeah, I could definitely. If, if I hadn't played this in the pre-con, if I had made the deck, it would have been a justice deck. Also, I um, really like uh, forced amnesia with one way or another because one way or another is you get to search for the side scheme, right? So you can just yeah. pick like the worst side scheme, get it over with right away, and then remove it from the game. That always feels good. Yep. Now, I hated this pre-con. <laughs> Um, I I think he's a great hero. I just I really dislike dislike the precon. It felt like it was trying to do too many different things. Um, if if I were to build this, I would definitely uh, focus it a little bit more. Like it's trying to do an ally package with like a psionic package with like a side scheme package, and I'm like, uh, just get rid of the side arms, get rid of the uh. The X, uncanny X Force. I think it's a decent card, but I'm like, unless you're gonna go all in, I just yeah. It it suffers from being a precon with a yeah. team support in it, right? Every yep. time we have those, you probably don't want to run three of them because you're gonna find it eventually anyway. Especially when you have a card that searches for it, yep. that you can start with and play. Um, and then you have to include a bunch of allies to make that precon functional, but then he has the second tension for side schemes. So I wasn't a huge fan of the precon, but I did think the precon was super thematic. Like sidearms and cable, yes. Mission leader and cable, uncanny X Force, all the allies they picked, like the theme was on point. So I was happy with the theme of the precon. Um, but I still think he's like an extremely strong character. Um I also dislike the Eva. I mean, I think the Eva is a great card if it stayed in play half the time. The Eva, the uh, the Deadpool Eva, no for fan- Phantom yeah, X's Phantom Eva. X's, yeah, yeah. Because you got to get Phantom X, then you got to. I mean, that's what call for backup for, right? I mean, maybe you're one call for backup in, in the deck, right? I mean, if if I'm playing call for backup and I get to put a four cost ally in for free and it comes with the support, that feels pretty good. Yeah, I I just uh. Yeah, it was a little rough. Uh, now, Sunspot is amazing. I, I thoroughly enjoyed th- Sunspot. Uh, he, he's he's pretty much a, a character that I will enjoy putting in any leadership deck I play. It's true. New Mutants are the best. I appreciate your yeah. team win there. Oh, um, he, he was great. Yeah. I, uh... Yeah, I was thinking about Sunspot with like Thor. Went with that energy kind of resource yeah. required. Uh, yeah. Or Captain Marvel. Yeah. Pretty fun. Yep. Um, the cards from his kit that I that really stands out to me, one of the cards is Body Slide. Um, in one of our multiplayer games, we had She-Hulk with Cable. So every time he body slides, She-Hulk gets like an extra flip that round. You have to time it right a little bit there. But it's uh, action, change your form, 
each other player may change to the form you are in out of turn. So you'd get like extra punches with She-Hulk and stuff. It was really fun. Um, we didn't try it with Ant-Man and Wasp yet, but I want to try it where you use an alter ego to change to hero form and they can like flip-flop forms one extra time. I mean, uh, we used it in our uh, game with Domino and that felt really good being able to like... Yeah. Get Flip into down, yeah. stack your deck. Um, my least favorite card in his kit is a really strong card, but it slows the game down a lot, especially later in the game. But precognition, um, hero action. Look at the top X cards from the encounter deck, where X is the number of side schemes in the victory display. You may discard one of them and put the rest back in any order. In multiplayer, when we get to like eight cards in the victory display, and someone plays this, it's like everybody just goes to the kitchen and gets like a snack and a drink well whoever the cable player is has to rearrange the top of the deck and think about their life for five minutes and i think it's because the person that plays cable the most in my group is like an analysis paralysis person as well but that card for me too much thinking i wish there was actually a cap on that one just so it would like <laughs> make it a little bit faster I, i'm kind of surprised there's not a cap on his cards in general like it feels like being able to boost a card by like six plus easily in a game i mean seems in really theory strong. there's a cap right because you have a limit on player side schemes ish um, i mean it only becomes bigger like in higher player counts right it becomes bigger in higher player counts but so does like the villain and the threat threshold right but like no other um, no other player's signature card you know scales by the number of players in, in that sense this either, is right like I mean, Cable by himself, like, I, I feel like I, I put, like, five to seven side schemes in his deck, you know? Yeah, me too. I put every one we have, basically. Uh, I, I, don't, I think I, like, leave one out. Like, I don't think I put the uh, Justice card that we were just talking about in. Um, I kind of agree with Crimson that it feels niche. And, like, I would many, maybe use that in, like, uh, some of the Sentinels or Zola, where, like, you get those attachments to be able to discard the enemy with an attachment that's not elite feels pretty good like value there but i think kind of out of those scenarios it just feels like you're putting in just have a side scheme that's fair that's fair um but yeah i don't know it yeah he's he's having like super strong uh i i think the fact that those don't kind of have limits also just makes him just become like a beast by the end of the game he's like one like you know, like I, I felt like I was like one shotting villains by the end of the game sometimes in true solo mm -hmm. because villain health just uh, is much more ratchet. Pretty yeah, low. pretty low in the grand scheme of things. Uh, plasma rifle is great. You know, have a range thing that can basically for one resource do four damage a turn once you get those side schemes out. Uh, um, one of the cards I, I feel like that's somewhat interesting that I kind of want to figure out to build deck around is the. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's the Askanison, the, the title card. Askanison, yeah. yeah. Um, the one where he gets to remove threat um, when you defend uh, against an attack. Um, because that's like a way you can basically trigger his ready on the villain phase, potentially. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, if you can like clear a side team. So like potentially maybe you can use this with uh, like... Uh, not today. That removes two from any scheme if you defend, right? Um, and you get the plus two defense. So, I mean, with Technovirus Verge, you're potentially defending for five, and then if you don't take damage, you get to remove two. I think that's how that works, right? And plus cables like an yep. eight three, like you're removing five off of a side scheme, so potentially you can get a ready that way, but maybe that's too cute. You could do something with hard to ignore, right? Yep. After you defend and take no damage, remove a bunch. But that's only main scheme, right? Is hard to ignore only main yeah scheme? hard to ignore is only main scheme. Oh, that's only main scheme. We'd have to find one for side schemes. So yeah, yeah, I think I think right. not. Jump, I, also only main. Yeah, scheme I think not today's the only one. Yeah, um, not today's the one. Uh, but you know, it's like it's interesting, right? Like maybe you play with a Gamora player that could could bring something down with like cross counter or something, and then you could ready. Um, but uh, and then there's the you know I, I think there might be some more stuff coming out the pipe that can deal with stuff on the villain phase, which could be cool, but. Maybe too cheeky. Well, I can't wait. Um, I. Uh, but yeah, uh, like yeah, super strong. I think player side schemes. Do you think they're overtuned? I do. 
especially in high player counts. I don't feel like the threat amount um, matters, especially with Cable on the field. And maybe that's my problem is we've only really played him with Cable. I haven't like I've wanted to go rebuild Hawkeye and put in um, superpower training. Yeah, superpower training to go find my quiver because then I have like two quivers in my deck, right? And one cable arrow can take that out. But I haven't done that yet, right? Every time we've played player side schemes, it's been with cable at the table, and with him at the table, they feel extremely yeah. overused. Yeah, I, I mean, like if you're running cable, I just think about like kind of heroes potentially or something in a four player game. Do you just tell everyone to like? sideboard a helicarrier in you're just like i i don't <laughs> care just put a helicarrier in. i'm gonna put build support opening turn and we get like four helicarriers on turn one yeah seems seems pretty ridiculous. Um, um or like the call for backup puts an ally into play right for turn one we start with four allies in play i mean that's but it like call for backup like so i think one of the things that's interesting is like you know like the handful of them like build support super proud training uh lock and load outside of like uh i feel like the people that actually discard weapons like your rocket or you know hand cannons or something like that yeah uh they feel like all like setup stuff but i actually think like i don't care when i draw a call for backup or even establish perimeter right like they're good basically anytime right like any turn i'm yeah. happy to get a free ally put into play right um, or or have tough go on everyone, um, and like established perimeter seems super good for its threat cost. Like two per player, everyone gets a tough. That's super strong, right? Yeah. I do feel like there's no risk to the player side schemes, right? Yeah. Like I understand these seem like they're supposed to be like I don't know. They're like they don't seem very side schemey either, right? They're they're just like things that could have been events, but instead they're delayed events that you have to pay a little bit of threat for. But there's no danger to like putting it out and like working on it when it when it comes through, right? Like established perimeter doesn't put like an acceleration token out because you're putting up a perimeter instead of taking it to the villain. Um and the lack of tension in those cards is a little disappointing, right? I don't know. You wish there was like a crisis or amplify icon or something. I don't know. I I wish there was like a. I wish wish they weren't so strong, man. I do feel like they're pretty strong. I think there's a good portion of them that are strong. There are a couple that I just have no interest in. I think some of them are more niche. the The discard a minion one isn't great, but like when you're playing against like Venom Goblin or Green Goblin, and everybody's got a minion in front of them, that can still feel really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the two basic ones are amazing. Yes. Um, I think lock and load is pretty amazing because everybody can use a weapon, right? If they know to bring one, right? You get a sonic rifle, a stun gun, a yarn bjorn, and I don't know what leadership has something. Uh, you need any of the ally weapons, you know? You could, you could use yeah, any, those. any of the ally weapons, exactly. Or you can get like some of the basic weapons, right? And like for for eight threat to give everybody a weapon or an upgrade or like for what is the superpower? That's that's really my favorite one, right? For that's three per player. Yeah, for twelve threat to give everybody like probably the best upgrade in their deck because it's the one that goes with their ally. Seems pretty good. What what are your thoughts? I'm sure there's Oh, uh, I was going to say, like, why do you think Take No Guards has more threat per player than Super Proud Trainer? It costs support? zero. Everything else costs one, right? I think part of it is because Justice is already good at removing threat and the other ones aren't. So they're maybe trying to balance it for, like, non-cable players. Right, if I'm if I'm the aggression player and I put lock and load in a multiplayer game and I slap that down, removing eight threats actually really hard for me. I need someone else to help me with that. But in Justice, like you put down an eight threat side scheme or something, and they're like, "Cool, I knock it out with one 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 blow or something." Um, but I think part of it is the cost. I don't know if like maybe that's what it needed is the cost should go up by player, right? And Cable could still get that free one at the beginning, but if uh, if call for backup cost one per player and had alliance, 
then the team would have to pay four resources and remove 12 threat, and then you would get some allies. Instead, you're just discarding one card that you probably didn't care about and, and blowing up the board. I mean, they're fun. Don't get me wrong. I like feeling powerful with them, but they also, especially in standard, feel a little bit overtuned to me. Is is there, would you, like, in some ways, they almost feel like auto-includes a lot of my decks now. Like, just having a way to tutor in this game is super strong. Yeah, I have found that build support and superpower training go in almost every deck I play now. I got a magic, magic term, yay. <laughs> Um, I wish uh, maybe they needed like a outside of cable, like a limit of how many you could put in your deck that might have like given tension as well. Like you get you get two player side scheme slots in your deck unless you're cable and then you can have infinity. But then I would just put build support and superpower training and still be happy. Uh, You don't think you'd put the weapon one in sometimes to go get like an aspect weapon? Yeah, but if I did take one of the other ones out, I'm not sure I'd be that sad about it because a weapon like is more important or something, right? Like. That's true. Or like in leadership, it was just like, oh, I just want call for backup because that's strong, right? Like, like yeah. it's fine. So you're a Lord of the Rings expert. How did how did side quests work in Lord of the Rings? Yeah, so Cable feels like a differentiate, like a he's not the exact same by any means, but um, there's a hero called Thurndir that uh, also has the setup ability that Cable has, where you get to kind of put a side scheme. Uh, but it's like worse than Lord of the Rings. It only goes into your hand, uh, so you actually have to play it. Uh, and so in Lord of the Rings, side they were called side quests. So um, you know, like in Lord of the Rings, you are questing like once per round. You get to go on a quest, and you got to pick which one. And and there's like basically a quest that everyone is trying to do generally, right? So uh, choosing to go on a different uh, side quest uh, that you're putting into play meant like you're not making progress on the thing. So, you know, like the equivalent, I feel like in Marvel Champions would be like, if you put out a side scheme that round and you choose to like remove progress from or something, like you can't attack the villain or something. But, uh, you know, like it, it, it doesn't quite hit the same because like you're not going to be probably attacking the villain on turn one or something if you're Cable, at least. Uh, yeah. But I, I think that would be the equivalent, right? Like, it's a choice when you put it out that, like, you're choosing to not, like, basically progress the game. You're, like, literally going on a side quest. And in, in some Lord of the Rings things, like, um, there are just quests where, like, if someone's bringing a side quest deck, it's just, like, a no-go because it's kind of like playing Hood, right? Where it's, like, a tempo or, like, Mojo, right? Where it's, like, if you're choosing to, like, do this thing, like, it's a big hit to tempo. Um and like you just really need to progress against the main quest. Um, so I think they're just more expensive. Like in cable, I've cleared when we've played on the stream, like I cleared like two player side schemes in one turn, right? Like multiple times. Multiple times. Yeah. And like in Lord of the Rings, you cannot clear more than one quest, like a turn at a time. At a time, like in a round. And so it just felt a lot more impactful and uh, like it was more expensive. And the other big differences in Marvel Champions every card in here that is tutoring for something, it goes into play. And every tutoring card in Lord of the Rings just puts it in your hands. Hand. So you have to pay for it. Um, and so, but it, that still felt amazing, right? Because you have a 50 card deck. So like being able to find like a single card that like is the linchpin of your deck and getting into your hand on like turn one or two is still like really good. Yeah, so they had something similar to this in Star Wars LCG. And that's not a co-op LCG, but it has a similar situation where you're like attacking each other's objectives and each player has three objectives in play that they have to defend. And by playing a mission, you would basically play a fourth objective that your opponent has to defend. But that means you also have to stage four attacks. So you have to spread your units out over more attacks. And there were cool ways to build around them. There were cards kind of like Jessica Jones that would get more powerful if there were more missions or more objectives. Um, But they felt a little bit like less used and maybe it was because the pod based deck building in that game like you could only get one mission per pod usually um because they didn't come out until like the last two or three cycles i think it was the endor cycle where they came out but yeah i'm looking through my like binder here now there's this one ground support it was like another mission you could attack and it 
it felt more like a mission, which is what I thought these were kind of going to be like, or like a preparation kind of thing that you're doing. So after this mission is completed, deal one damage to each enemy unit. So like, they had the same sort of thing. Like, I don't see any downside on these missions. Like, it forces your opponent to be able to defend an extra thing. But I felt like it resources were more starved in that game, and it forced you to spread your attack resources out thinner, which made it harder to to really mount attacks. Whereas in here, I feel like most of the player side schemes I've seen played almost seem negligible. Like, they're just like an extra bonus. And I guess, I mean... Events don't typically have a downside either, so maybe I shouldn't be be so upset. But I mean, I'm not upset. I love them. Yeah, they definitely auto. They just help like get people set up much quicker. Um, and I wonder if that will change kind of the meta, like the villain design kind of stuff, because heroes are now much stronger with I, I think these player side scenes out. Um, and part of it is cable, right? Like, if you don't have cable and you don't get to start with your player side scheme, then you're mulliganing for it, and you're paying the resource for it. So you're, right, like, as Hawkeye, if I started including superpower training, that costs one. So I'm already mulliganing for my quiver. If I don't find it, and I find superpower training, I have to pay one, and then thwart three, and then I can go get my quiver a little bit faster. But that's going to require either three thwart activations as Hawkeye, or for me to burn a cable arrow. I'm really spending like two resources and two cards to get one card. I don't know. We'll see. I I still think we'll you would. I still think you do it to get your quiver if you don't have it. <laughs> yeah, I still think I'd do it. I'm just saying. I guess it's outside of cable. Starting with one, I don't know how consistently they'll help me set up immediately like they do with cable versus. Oh yeah. yeah. Like sometimes you're still. It's like right. Sometimes quiver is just card forty in your deck, and if. Superpower training's card 39 and Quiver's card 40, you're going to feel really bad. Well, you just use superpower training to pay for your Quiver. That's true. Uh, It's called a day. Uh, It does have a resource. Yeah. I mean, what do you think if, like, it forced you to flip down to Ultra Ego? Like, you can only scheme for a thing because you're, like, prepping for it? Kind of, like, Widow-themed or something? That could be cool. I don't know. I, I don't feel tension with the cards yet. I'm... I think part of that's intentional, right? In Champions, they want us to feel more powerful than they wanted the heroes to feel in Lord of the Rings, and this is just another way of doing that. Anyway, enough ranting about player side schemes. We could do a whole episode about that, I'm sure. I think they're fun. I just do think that I'm going to be including a lot of them in my decks, and maybe that's good. It makes me buy cards, right? Um... So, to wrap this episode up, because we're over an hour, which hero do you like better? We'll go with Crimson first. Cable or Domino? Uh, Domino, 100%. I like the aspect of the deck building with the uh, pseudo-randomness. Yep. What about you, Hon? Uh, I think I like... Uh, Do- I-, I definitely enjoy playing Domino more, especially in True Slow, just because uh, I think just her mechanics are just more fun and interesting. Um also, just find she can play every aspect like like and she has interesting builds, I think, in every aspect. Um, I know when we, you and I were talking about cable, I feel like one of the struggles I had was just like, it's really hard not to pick justice, you know, like I, I think <laughs> yeah. like, he's so slanted towards justice, which is fine. Like it isn't a problem. Um, but oftentimes I usually when heroes have that two, two, two stat line, I feel like there's more flexibility. I think there definitely is like a go out, go all out build for cable though, with that kind of high stat line. Um, that could be fun, but, uh, I think cable, you know, like they're, they're both super strong, but I think domino is definitely more fun. But I think if I was playing multiplayer, I like rolling cable also feels just great to get people set up. Yeah. At conventions, I'll play cable, but for fun, I'll play domino. I think that's it for me. I would rather deck build with Domino than with Cable. I did make a fun aggression Cable deck where I was trying to like stack a ton of attack on Cable and then just use Mind Scan to nuke a player side scheme and then get to attack twice with my big attack stat. But it felt uh, it felt like I was forcing it rather than using Cable what he was meant to be used for. I do feel like he's pushed a little bit into Justice and I feel like Domino can really really be fun to build in all four aspects. And I'm sure Cable can too. With more time, I'll probably get there. All right. 
well, that's episode one for next evolution. We don't want to reveal our, our overall thoughts on the box yet, but next episode we'll be talking about, I think we're going to try to do the first three scenarios. So that will be two scenarios of Morlock land and one scenario of the juggernaut. And then the final episode, we will wrap up the last two villain scenarios, talk about the modular sets and the campaign overall. So we're back on track in volume five. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for coming on the show. See you next time, guys. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to Marvel Champions Monthly. If you liked this content, be sure to like, subscribe, or leave a comment on the video, letting us know what else you would love to see from the world of Marvel Champions. You can also join us on our Discord, or support our work on Patreon in the links in the description below.